Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station, the 8 at 8. Here we go. One. They got, a, they got a picture of him in the locker room with little pasties over his nipples and <laughs> right. they're just waiting to, like, whatever. naked What's Clark it? is going to be standing up. Naked, naked uh, uh, fathead of Clark Hunt in, yeah. the, uh, in the locker room with each game they win. Laramie Tunsil had knee surgery this offseason. That um, reported by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network yesterday. He's expected to make a swift recovery. I don't think this is a big surprise, Seth. He was on the injury report all season long. He missed practices throughout the year. I guess the the reason this is news is that um, we may get a fully healthy Laramie. To what did I say? It's so funny. You're laughing your ass off right now. <laughs> not that I just I want to give Ian Rappaport more respect than I should for not using the word successful surgery. Oh, oh, because because that's usually usually they say underwent successful surgery. Right. You almost never hear. So remember, I went back. Just to check after Alex Smith had his first surgery, yeah, um, and it, it, it it indeed was labeled a successful right, surgery. right, right. Uh, As were the then, seventeen more that yeah. followed it, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, so fully healthy Tunsil next year uh, has me excited because he was a Pro Bowler with the knee injury. Fully healthy Tunsil's got me uh, got me fired up for next year. So there you go. Two. Um, okay, we haven't gotten to this. Uh, the uh, San Francisco 49ers may have to begin uh, selling off some assets here, so to speak. And by selling mm-hmm. off assets, I mean making some moves with the salary cap. They've got they've got a bunch of guys that are highly paid. They're one of the teams that gets pointed out to me and Seth often when people think we're penny-pinching with the Texans. Like, hey, the 49ers have 12 guys that make more than $14 million a year. Right. And now well, they're going to have fewer. <laughs> well, no, but also, though, I, I think that 
the, the thing when people make that argument, you have to remember is like, yeah, and a, and a lot of those are homegrown guys that grew into those contracts. Yeah. That's yeah, the big difference go- between trying to build through free agency. Like Fred Warner wasn't making ten million dollars sure. a year out the gate. You know, he yeah. he earned it. He wasn't even a first round pick. And the Texans will eventually have a lot of those guys because they've drafted yeah. pretty well. So yeah, that's a fair point. Reason I bring this up is that the the headline is 49ers facing potentially significant roster changes. Michael Silver, who's covered the NFL for a long time out of the Bay Area, writes for the San Francisco Chronicle, said that San Francisco is already having many tough conversations and that those decisions could involve productive veterans. I think the important thing to know as a Texan fan, Seth, is I my guess is that with D'Amico Ryans in the building, the, the Texans might be heavily inclined to move some of these recyclables way yeah. up their recyclable list because of the familiarity factor. If there's some Niners cap, cap casualties, they could be heavily on the radar for the Houston Texans this year. Let's see. Let me just check. Okay. Uh, Nick Bosa it would cost $76 million to <laughs> I think cut he's him okay. I think he's against safe. the cap, so I don't think right. we're going to have a shot at Nick Bosa. Nope, nope. Sorry, man. Who else? Um, the uh, the one uh, the one thing I'd say real quick is Brandon Ayuk, you know, is uh, looks like he might be – uh, yeah, he's a free might be agent. on his way out, yeah. and I, I don't. There's something about the way his girlfriend and him and him uh, himself acted towards the end of the season that just I, I, it's just a cautionary tale to any young football players listening right now. Don't go out like that, because no. immediately, like in my mind and other GMs' minds or anybody, it's like, like the first thing they think of is Brandon Ayuk. Is like, okay, what's the deal? With this guy is he a headache? Yeah, like is this guy is this a me guy? I yeah. have no idea if he is or not. Mm-hmm. He just like made a dramatic scene about all of it um, that didn't need to be made. Yep. Damn it. Um, all right, so a lot of sam- three. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> ben wants us to move off of this topic. All right, so um, we'll we'll dig back into that a little later in the show. I am curious to maybe take a look at some of the Niners who might be in jeopardy, and do they fit some of the things the Texans are looking for? I think that's worth looking into. We'll, we'll take a look at that later. Um, rules changes are being kicked around right now with the NFL. Um, they tested out some technology this year that might allow them to get rid of the, or to at least make the chains for first downs a secondary um, solution where they put technology in the football and optics in the stadium that allow them to spot the ball with, with accuracy um, without – um, having to rely on the referees to do it as an eye test. There's a chip in the ball, there's and it tells you where it is. Yeah, and so that, so that, there's that. Um, there's a silly rule that's being kicked around potentially that would allow the quarterbacks to throw the ball. You know when they're allowed to throw the ball away outside the tackle box, and if it gets yeah. past the line of scrimmage, they live to fight another day? There's talk of them trying to do that, the NFL, and the, the quarterbacks can do it from anywhere on the field anytime they want to, including in the pocket. That would suck. That would be stupid. You know, part of the problem, though, too, Sean, was that I, I think Florio reported that part of it. When I read it in some actually, like, publications that write their own news and find their own news and everything, I think it was more about streamlining the, the calling of intentional grounding because it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. The fact that it takes forever. Yeah. Like, intentional grounding, you know what happens. You see something that looks like it should be intentional grounding, talk. and then, like, 45 seconds later, there's a flag. Yeah. They huddle. They talk. So, at, at the very least, they want to streamline that yep. and maybe get some help from the booth to where somebody in the booth can say, no, there was a dude there. Just just move on. Yep. Uh, tush push, not going anywhere, it would look like. We didn't talk about this one earlier. The hip drop tackle, uh, yeah. where guys basically, tacklers, essentially just wrap their arms around a guy and just let their weight go to the ground. And oftentimes it's a lot like the horse collar, like knees get trapped under guys and things like It's very dangerous, yeah. the hip drop tackle. Yeah, uh, I, you know what? You know who doesn't want the hip drop tackle outlawed? Who? Austin Eckler, running back. 
I, like it's just one of these things where okay, the hip drop tackle tackle has increased because guys are terrified to lead with their heads yeah. because they're going to get flagged and fined for that. Um, so I don't like. Uh, why? Why is Why is Austin Eckler? Why'd you say Austin Eckler doesn't want it banned? I'm just saying it's notable that an offensive player doesn't. Want oh, it. I didn't. Like, okay, I, so he literally doesn't want it banned. Okay, I didn't know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he literally said, "Yeah, okay, I don't I think didn't they should that. ban okay, it." Gotcha. Um, like just because it's just it's like over it's it feels like over legislation. Yeah. For something I'd never even I never even knew there was a term for that type of tackle yep. until like a year ago, and now it's all of a sudden the bane of everybody. It is existence. weird. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, I had to look it up. I'm like, okay, this has been a thing for a while. What is that it? thing where you use your body weight to try to tackle the guy who's trying to run away from you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, as far as the tush push go, yep. real quick, yep. it's only 33% of those are successful. I think there's a perception that they're like um, uh, overwhelmingly like impossible to stop or anything. Only 33% of them are successful. It's just that the Eagles tend, are one of the teams that's really, really good at the it. The Eagles are 133% successful <laughs> at it. That's where it comes in. No, you know what? If you take the Eagles out of there, like the rest of the league's got to be definitely less than 33%. I would say it. so. Yeah, then why run it? I would say. Four. All right, real quick. Rockets lose to the Suns last night, 110 to 105. The the sand is almost out of the hourglass for the Rockets. They've only got 20-some-odd games left, and they are way back right now, even just to get into the 10 seed and get into the play-in. The other Rockets story, five. Um, one of the wins they got earlier this year will not be snagged away from them. The Knicks' protest of the Rockets' win where Aaron Holiday was fouled on the final play of the game by Jalen Brunson. At least the referee thought that he was fouled because he called it. Um, it was not a good call. They admitted after the game they got the call wrong. Yeah. Uh, and the Rockets ended up winning the game on the free throws that resulted from that. Uh, their protest from the Knicks was was rejected. It was denied. It failed. And they wasted it's, everybody's uh, time. It sounds very legal. It sounds like when something's uh, like a, you can have a case thrown out for procedural reason, but not just because. So uh, it was New York was required to demonstrate that there was a misapplication of the official playing rules as opposed to an error in judgment by game officials. Yeah. That's because what the foul call at issue reflected an error in judgment. They did not demonstrate a misapplication of the playing. Yeah, game. so they wasted, and we've known that's the threshold of that's the threshold for getting a successful protest. Like we've known that they wasted everybody's time. Damn, Tom yeah. Thibodeau. Six. All right, this I'm is, open. I was open to it though. I'm watching Octopus on Netflix. Very yeah. conspiracy minded right now. Okay. Who <laughs> knows, man. Sean, there are, there, are, there are agents at work no, here that got the Rockets at victory, man. I'm anxious for There's Octopus Seth. The next wrapped couple. in an enigma. This is what we need. Octopus Seth with conspiracy theories right around free agency time. This yes. will be good. This will be good. Um, reportedly, Bill Belichick is unhappy with his portrayal in Apple TV's Dynasty oh. documentary. What do they they make him look nice? They <laughs> Yeah, no. They... they uh, um, they make him look like a martyr, actually. If I'm giving my own assessment of it, like yeah. the, in the Spygate thing. But Tom Curran, who covers the the uh, Patriots for NBC Sports Boston, reported that Belichick does not like how he is portrayed in the series. Um, he was on with Felger and Maz on 98.5, uh, the, the, the sports hub up in Boston. And yeah. Felger noted, who could blame Belichick? He's getting burned in this thing. Um, Felger and his co-host, Tony Maser- Maserati, uh, and Jim Murray didn't agree with the conventional wisdom that the portrayal of Belichick in the docuseries was a result of years of Belichick's standoffishness and churlish attitude, and that Belichick brought this on himself. 
Yeah, he's he's portrayed as Belichick. Like, I know what the hell. <laughs> what is? I've watched some of it. I haven't seen anything that looks like. Wow, they got they do they took that out of context with Belichick. I'll tell there. you what. There's a guy. This the guy Matt Cadlick. I don't know who he is, but I just this yeah. tweet popped up on my ex timeline. Um, and the, the next two episodes have dropped on Apple TV. They drop two episodes every Friday. So tonight or today. Episodes five and six are up. This is actually yeah. pretty funny. They're up to the point now. They're, episode five is the Matt Castle season when Brady yeah. went out with the knee injury. And apparently one of the funniest quotes from Dynasty, Matt Castle on Belichick in the film room. One time I didn't see a corner blitz and I got absolutely annihilated. Belichick comes in and he says, Castle, can we figure out the corner blitz? Because I don't want to have to write a note to your mother that says, Dear Mrs. Castle, we're sorry to inform you that your son is dead because he's a dumbass and he didn't see the corner blitz, end quote. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, Felger up there from that radio station up yeah, there. Yeah, 98.5. Felger and Maz. Yeah. He says, this is a bag job. It's owned and produced by the Crafts. And I don't care what they say. The final credit is Craft Dynasty LLC. That is the ownership mm. there. So Bill knows where this is coming from. Says yeah. that Bill Felger said he did not blame Bill one bit for the way he carried himself in this. The fix was in. Over the 20 years, there were a lot of things Belichick did that were needless and that made his life harder than it needed to be. But that aside, the thing was a bag job. Mm, so is he basically saying that the Crafts are... Are trying to make sure that the that, that Belichick doesn't look good in this. Yes, I feel like this thing was made while the Kraft Belichick relationship wasn't as bad as it ended up getting. You know, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. That would explain why it, Ted Johnson doesn't show up in it at all. I would say. Well, why? What, what do you mean it was made? Like when there was like still this good, thing's right? been in this thing's. I think my guess is this thing has been in production for probably a couple of years now. The yeah. you know because it, it probably since the end of the dynasty Brady leaving and and I don't right, think yeah. it hasn't well, gotten. I, guess I wonder how good it's been between. I wonder how good it's been between. That's Belichick why I say like when it got super time. bad this year, like you yeah. know, yeah. So maybe it's been bad. Maybe I, it's been bad for a while. I feel like that's just on Felger for using the term bag job. Nobody, okay. nobody younger than seventy eight knows what the hell that means. I don't know what it means. Seven. Seven. Chris Ballard is going to be super careful with Anthony Richardson. Ballard, the GM of the Indianapolis Colts. Met with the media at the Combine, and Anthony Richardson, you can tell Ballard has a little bit of Andrew Luck PTSD. Take a listen. Really happy about where he's at. Um, he started throwing. He's on a rehab program. We're not going to, like, I mean, I lived through the last one, okay? And I learned a lot of lessons living through the last one. So, you know, forgive me for being a little cautious, but, uh, you know, <laughs> And Anthony, I, mean, I know Anthony's made some statements that it's important to be ahead of schedule. Well, you know, that's we're here to pull the reins to make sure we don't get too far ahead of schedule and we're staying with whatever the doctors are telling us. So, but he's in good shape. Um, he's throwing. He's got a good throwing program. Got good people working with him. So I, I'm encouraged about where he's at. Okay. Um, he can't even bring up Andrew Luck by name. I was. I went through the last one. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's been, he went through that and uh, Anthony Richardson has missed time with a shoulder injury in high school. He's missed time with a shoulder injury in college. And now he's missed time with a shoulder injury in the NFL. I'd be nervous uh, as hell if I were a Colts fan, man. Yeah. Yeah. LA. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Indianapolis. Yep. Sorry. Hey, Ben, do you still have that drop that I sent you a week or so ago about Indianapolis? 
<laughs> oh, about the okay. <laughs> about the sanitation. Oh, <laughs> we gotta be sure we play that. Well, uh, don't no. I don't need it right now, yeah, Ben. Be- we have, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let the people know exactly what's wrong with Indianapolis okay. and why they're as backwards as they are right now. Is what was going on with the the food supply low 150 years ago? Yeah. All right. Eight. Um. I am. I'm not a huge memorabilia guy, mostly because I can't afford a lot of the memorabilia that I would want. Seth, I need your I need your take on this. The booth at Holston's, which is a diner in uh, in North Jersey, where they filmed the yeah. final scene of The Sopranos. The very last scene of The Sopranos was filmed in in a booth in Holston's. I've sat in that booth three times. I've gone and eaten there three times. A couple times with my kids. One time with Amy, and it's it's you know if you're a Sopranos fan, it's a cool bit of nostalgia sitting in that place, sitting in the exact booth where they filmed yeah. that scene. I think that's cool. Like I'm a Sopranos. I, no, guy. no, it's kind of like it's 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 one of the more um, it's one of the dumber scenes in 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 I almost said cinema history. Controversial. It, well, it's a diner. No, I don't even care about the actual ending of the oh, plot. Gotcha. I've. I hate that they walk into a diner and they're perusing the menu yeah. and then asking like, "What's good today?" Like it's a five star restaurant or something, or there's like a there's a fresh fish or I something. Have specials, on the menu. you never know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the booth is up for auction. They are selling this booth at Holston's, and right now, according to the screen grab that was sent to me, the current price as of yesterday. Was four thousand six hundred and fifty dollars? Oh, that seems that reasonable. Booth. It is very reasonable. Now it makes it seem like it's. Uh, when's the end date on the auction? It's it still say? got as of yesterday. It still has four days left in it. So I'm I'm going to monitor this thing. Yeah. What, what is I, I don't know like for a morning radio host? What's a reasonable price to pay for a? <laughs> For a booth. less than forty six hundred, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. I wonder if James Gandolfini, uh, if he were alive today, it probably wouldn't be worth as much. I mean, James James Gandolfini's butt sat on that booth, yeah, for a good. My butt probably, sat on that booth, yeah. probably four hours while they filmed oh, that uh, dude, that that scene. You know, at least, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't Not know. to mention Meadow Soprano. I would buy it at four thousand six hundred and fifty dollars. I would buy it at this price. It's going to go up. Obviously. Where would you put it? Where'd you put in it in storage? For, in storage? For oh, now. okay. Yeah, in storage. <laughs> for now. I don't know, man. Maybe I would I move our sectional you're, and just put in a booth. Yeah, uh, your your living room is all glass. It's floor yeah. to ceiling glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that booth would look kind of cool pressed up against the like, glass. You'd have to put the yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'd find a spot for it. I think. <laughs> or or we just take our second bedroom and remove the bed, and that becomes our Sopranos room. <laughs> we have a booth. You have to watch TV no, dude, from a booth. I'll turn everything. it into a studio. I'll remove the bed from the other bedroom, put that booth yeah. in there, and I'll do a podcast sitting in the Sopranos Holston's oh, booth. You know what? You could probably get some uh, good, good guests. guests just based on that alone. Sitting in the you booth. You come up with a good title. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even joking about this now. BSing from the BSing at the booth. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. Like that. yeah, something. Okay, this is a really good idea. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, keeping this bookmarked. All right, that was our. What's going on? What's going on with the restaurant? Is are they in trouble? Good question. I haven't. I, I'm gonna go Google revamping? during the break. I hope not. Okay. It's because it's kind of a landmark now because of the show. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Hey, let's circle to the Astros for a minute. Dana Brown did a pretty wide ranging interview with MLB.com, and he talked talked very openly about the uh, relationship he had with Dusty Baker, very openly. 
Um, what was good? What was bad? We will go through Dana Brown's comments, and that is coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Well, they're not officials. They're Payne and like, Pendergast. Seth, you're talking on the air right now. Yeah. They're just dudes. Seth and I were talking about the chain gang uh, that uh, whose jobs may now be compromised because of technology. They may get replaced by a computer. I thought you were insulting them, and I was about to defend them because I used to just hang out and chat with the chain gang guys at, at NRG Stadium, mm-hmm. like during you know between quarters and stuff. And uh, and you said you know you said something about sticking up for the officials, and I said, oh, they're not they're not. I don't think that they might be high school officials, but they're not even high school officials a lot of time. They're just guys that work there on the uh, on the weekends. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying I bet the referees liked you because I bet you were a fun player to interact with on the field. Uh, you, I knocked one out once. Accident- accidentally, I hope. I gave him a concussion. I, I literally knocked him out. Really? Uh, and he left the game. <sighs> yeah. On a stretcher? Or was he like walked off kind of woozy? I think he walked off, but he was down. Like he was down unconscious yeah. face down on the turf I bad? turned to run I turned to chase a screen and there was somebody in my way so I pushed it yeah that's what you do damn it I don't <laughs> it care was, if it's football field or oh, <laughs> elsewhere and it was and, a, uh, it was a down. 50, it was a 58 year old trial lawyer <laughs> no it was even worse because it ended up being like a schoolyard prank gone wrong because there was there was somebody falling down in front of him oh really so it was like a it was like when you shove somebody you know like somebody runs up and kneels down behind somebody yeah. and then and then you go and shove that person over the person that's kneeling down it ended up being like that but incredibly violent and done by a 310 pound dude and uh yeah i i liked him i used to we, we used to joke about it after that yeah yeah, I, I bet- wanted to send him something when he was in the hospital, but I felt like it might be like trying to trying to bribe an official or something. Like, um, some, like that fruit basket was going to make this attorney <laughs> right. change the way he officiated games <laughs> That's or funny. something. <laughs> All right, so Dana Brown did an interview with MLB.com. It was asked about a bunch of things. Alex Bregman's extension. Oh, we're going to make him an offer. A bunch of other things. The most interesting one to me was, this is your first year without Dusty Baker as a manager. What will you miss about him, and did you get along with him? So I want to give this this answer, the buzz and the ding treatment that we do sometimes, and I'm just my own impressions, 
as to how I feel Dana Brown is the level of truthfulness that's being displayed here. We'll read it. I'll give my the buzz and the ding treatment of this, and then you and I can hash this out, Seth. Because Dana Brown acknowledges it wasn't perfect with between the two of them. Right here we go. We got along great. Anytime you have a manager and a GM, great is a, an extreme adjective. All right. All right. Anytime okay, so the buzz means you're skeptical. Anytime okay. you have a skeptical. Anytime you have a manager and a GM, you're going to have disagreements. But we had huge respect for each other. No, I think no, Ben, that was you doing that. I think they did respect each other. Okay. I respected Dusty for a long time. I watched him as a kid. Watched him play. Uh, I know he's an outstanding baseball man. He has great thoughts, great stories, great ideas. We hit it off well because we're two baseball guys. All right. So um, he goes on to acknowledge that every now and then we had to have tough conversations. Or I may want to make a change with the roster. He may want to hold on to a player. Sometimes we have to meet somewhere in the middle. Ultimately, I felt like we had a good relationship. Okay, I can. It was a productive relationship, I would say. They, you know, there was the team was good. Yeah. They, yeah. they, and, and I'm all for there being disagreements. Now, Dusty and disagreeing with 2023 Dusty was a dicey proposition. D- Dusty was emboldened in 2023. He was. He had much. that hardware, man. Yeah. And it was nobody was going to tell him nothing about Maldonado or Yiner <laughs> Diaz. Nothing. There, there is the, the <laughs> Chaz. Chaz is fat, and I know it. Yeah, fat is a, a fatty Arbuckle. That's what I call him. And he's like, everybody has to explain to everybody who fatty Arbuckle is. <laughs> How do you know he's fat, Dusty? Because I bring him banana pudding every week. <laughs> um, I fatten him up myself, my little piggy. Yeah, I I think it was. I do feel like that 2022 World Series did come with a bit of a price, and and 2023 Dusty was that price. Like he was. He didn't seem like he was the easiest to deal with with the media. Didn't seem there, you know, there were plenty of things that he was doing in terms of lineup construction and managing the roster and just day to day where you're like, okay, this is not the this is not the same Dusty we've had here the first three years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 the relationship with Dana Brown may have had something to do with it, you know? Okay, so as far as uh, where was the part that you dinged on where they I, have disagreements? I, uh, every now and then we'd have some tough conversations, or I may want to have a, a change with the roster. Yeah. Um, like okay, Yiner, I like Dana wanted Yiner to play more. Yes. I mean, in the, immediately after the season, before Maldonado was even officially off the team. Dana named Yiner the starter next year. Like I mean, a it week was, later, it was, yeah. it was crazy. It yes. was crazy. So, uh, and not crazy that he did it. It was just, it was, it felt like, like he'd just been waiting. Like this is what I need to do. We need to make Yiner the starter and let him know he's the starter. Yeah, he needs to, Yiner needs to get started having like feeling that responsibility now. It's wild how big a polarizing thing Martin Maldonado became for this team. Yeah. In the midst well, of winning, you know, in the midst of getting I, yeah. a game seven of an ALCS, you know. I mean, that's that's one of the more, I guess, uh, understated things to watch this year is that every Framber, – Framber only pitched to Maldonado last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maldonado is a guy that's very good with working with his pitchers and whatnot. But Framber's going to be working with <clears throat> young catch, uh, a young catcher who's – you know, openly talking about how he needs to work on being sure he's confident and everything. Uh, and, and the thing that makes me nervous is this uh, revelation that Framber Valdez is going to be the only Astros pitcher who will be calling pitches himself with the pitch. He's com. reverse pitch coming. 
He's yeah. he's gonna have the he's gonna have the side of it attached to his uniform where he gets to call the pitches and the catcher hears what he's calling. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, do the you do the ding thing with. Uh, tell me whether or not this is a ding okay. or a a buzzer on this okay, one. Okay, okay, <clears> okay. <throat> this is Framber talking about him him dictating him calling out the pitches. It goes both ways, but he can tell the catcher what he wants okay. if he needs to. I want to feel more comfortable. Okay, I believe it's that. a ding, right? Yep, yep. Not that I don't feel comfortable with the catchers, but I want to feel comfortable and throw the pitches with more conviction. I believe that. I feel like I have the game in my hands. Okay, yeah, I feel like yeah. I, I, it's the only part. The only part I don't fully believe is that he feels comfortable with the catchers yet, because as you point out, he was a Maldi guy through and through. So uh, this is the way it works. Like last year, all of Houston's pitchers wore the pitchcom device on their hats yeah. to hear the pitch call. Yep. There was only one. It was Kendall Graveman who wore another device on his belt to send signals to the catcher. Mm-hmm. I like honestly, this scares the hell out of me with Framber. Yes. Like Framber, Framber, his his emotions are a delicate ecosystem. Yeah. And any disruption to that ecosystem, I feel, throws everything into turmoil. It's like, I feel like this, him having an extra pitch comm device is like introducing an invasive species. We're going to be overrun with frogs. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, I don't like, I don't like this one bit. I don't, I don't need the, the process getting gummed up to where Framber has more things to think about. There are certain people that are good multitaskers in life, not just in baseball. And yeah. then there's other people that you need to have the eat what's on your plate conversation. Framber is an eat what's on your plate guy. Framber. You just need to focus on listening to the pitch call from your catcher and then properly throwing the pitch and then yeah. not losing your mind if you don't get a call from the umpire. You know, you focus on those things. You've done that before, Framber. You did it in 2022 and you damn near won a Cy Young Award. He will at least have some guidance from Josh Hader because Josh Hader does this and has done it in the past. So okay. it's nothing new for Josh Hader. Um, Says he goes with the catcher's thought first, and if I don't like it, switch to my thought. Okay. I think it's easier. I was okay. a little wary about doing it at first when it first came out, but experiencing different parts in the game, momentum changes when things speed you up. Okay, that's Hater talking up, right speed there? Speed up on you. Yeah, that's Hater. That's yeah. Hater talking. Okay, so he's basically got veto power is what that is. Yeah. He's yeah. got veto power over the catcher. All right. But there's not there's not that much time to deliberate these days, <laughs> no, damn there's it. not. Especially <laughs> the other one that you add to this, that the Astros were just absolutely horrible at holding guys on base this year. You've got me year. scared now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Fromber. They oh. were really bad at holding guys on, on base with these new enlarged yeah. Uh, plates and the new pitching rules and yeah. the Bach rules and everything. Um, so like, there's a lot going on there. There's too many moving parts. I yeah. feel like it's all about reducing numbers of moving parts, and we've added the number of moving parts to Framber's plate. Can I just tell you, we talked about Tunsil's knee injury. Not to totally shift gears here, but I'm looking at the text page. We talked about Tunsil's knee injury in headlines. Yeah. There are texts from like a half dozen different people all in a row. Oh, great. Uh, that means Laramie can false start even more this year. Yay. Oh, no. <laughs> did, did the surgeon remove Tunsil's false start ligament? <laughs> Will the knee surgery stop him from jumping off sides in crucial moments? Like, we've got a ton of Tunsil That's, jumping off sides. You know what? Honestly, it's the crucial moment part of it. Yeah. Going back to the Dallas game drive a killers, years ago. Drive killers. Yeah, like yeah. drive killers in crucial moments. That's a part of it that's unforgivable. I would, I would, I'd be cool with... More false starts than usual, you know, if it just happened here and there. But, man, 
man, he's got a knack for doing it when when it really really matters. And uh, they, they've they've got to figure this out. Yeah, um, I don't know people- what the incentive is. I mean, he's already, like, he's yeah. Already- he got paid doing being that guy. If you uh, stop so. doing it, we're going to really make you the highest paid offensive lineman <laughs> in football, like by a lot. Um, maybe the no, honestly, maybe maybe with his knee feeling better, he won't feel like he needs to. That's what start. I was thinking. Like yeah. I'm trying to look at this glass half full. Like maybe he was false starting. So I mean, he's done it for a long time, but maybe last year part of it was overcompensating for for being for being gimpy. <laughs> I love that you buzzed Dana Brown right off the bat. Right off the bat, I don't. We got I, I didn't believe. Great. I don't believe yeah. that. I don't believe they got along great. I, I, I mean, I think. I think there was respect. I don't think they got along great. Um, uh, a lot of people offering to split the cost of the Sopranos booth with me. Um, I'd like to have both benches. With all due respect to everybody who's offering to split the cost. Well, do we split the cost and we each get it for six months we- out of the year? Oh, that's true. You could timeshare it. Yeah, timeshare. You know, realistically, how often are you going to use it? Yeah, I would do it. You know what I would well, do, Sean? This is your business idea. Go ahead and buy it for the forty nine grand, forty nine hundred. Yeah, not forty nine grand, forty nine hundred or whatever, and then just uh, rent it out. Oh, rent, I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You ever sit down and crunch the numbers after you rent a bounce house? Yeah, uh, and it's a good party business. rentals yeah. and equipment rental like that and everything. It's good business. I'm thinking about. I'm, and then, then. You never think like, oh crap! I gotta rent. I'm gonna. I gotta rent a backhoe. Uh, I gotta rent an excavator. Uh, why don't you just buy one and then enter the little equipment rental business? Yeah, yeah. Ben, how about you and me? Let you and me do it. Put that, Ben. This doesn't need to be in the book of business ideas. It's a <laughs> renting things. Idea. Just call up Sunbelt Rentals and find out what their franchise policy is. Yeah, there okay? you go. Yeah, Ben, make a call. Okay, give me the info. <laughs> Put that in the big book of phone calls you need to make for us. All right. <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast with I, you. Now, at the very least, I'm going to buy a bounce house. I'm going to be the only heavy equipment and bounce house rental place in existence. I like it. I think now, now we're now we're on to something. That's how you keep kids away from the excavator. That's you set right. up a bounce house. Keep in the bounce house. You know, 50 yards down the way. Good call, yeah. Seth. All right, Nico Collins speaks on his contract situation. Um, do we feel like, we'll let you take a listen. Do we feel like Nico Collins is long for the Houston Texans? We'll take a listen to what he had to say on the Airing It Out podcast. That's coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I'm going to end up buying this damn booth. I'm going to end up buying this damn booth. I know We've it. We've got business ideas. Oh, the, the, the ideas coming in on this text page. So for those who don't know, the booth that they filmed the final scene of The Sopranos in is for sale. Yeah. And as of yesterday, it's $4,650. I, I feel like there's at least 10 people out there right now that are going to bid this thing up just to spite me because uh, they're hearing how badly I want it. But the... The question that I think you had, Seth, is, okay, where would you put this thing in your – you live in an apartment in a high-rise. Where would you put this thing? And, and just spitballing, I said that we have a second bedroom in our apartment that has a bed in it right now. It's basically a guest room. I would remove the furniture from there, and I would put that booth in there and turn it into a studio where I could potentially do a podcast in there. Right. And, and you brought up the great idea, the visual of having a camera and me sitting down with somebody in the booth – guests having a conversation and we had and it would be something it would be enticing to people like they get invited to do podcasts all the time it'd be kind of like oh no you're gonna come sit in the sopranos booth dude and then one of our one of our brilliant listeners playing on the mafia theme uh said you could call it the sit down oh with Sean and I mean, Seth, this is, uh, this... he added me into it. I'm not gonna. I'm not taking on extra work. Uh, well, uh, that's but, okay. But the sit down with Sean Pendergast. The door's always open for you to come over on the sit down if you want to, Seth. If you, you if you have time. I um, thought that, and then you brought up, and then you brought up that you live very close to Carabas, across the, the street Carabas from the original Carabas. We just went there last night. Johnny's a friend. And then I thought, well, maybe Johnny wants to have it in his restaurant. Now that's a good idea too. Cause he's got, or is Johnny, or is Johnny of the bent that like, hey, the Sopranos was a bad look for Italian Americans. I don't know. I have never discussed the Sopranos with him. I know Johnny would be open to to a lot of ideas. I would pitch him like that. He's a businessman. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Yeah. No, but no, because he really could, he could really use the, f- the the foot traffic that would come through there for my podcast. <laughs> you could do the podcast from the from Carabas, yeah, you know, yeah. So it'd be good, uh, you know, it'd be a nice little fun little thing for a little doing on a Monday or Tuesday or a slower, you know, slower afternoon. It's a great idea. So if you're saying if I can't buy this booth and yeah. do it from my new studio that Amy doesn't know is happening yet in our apartment, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I could do it from, live from Carabas. That's true. This is key. Yeah. Your new studio, which means your now one-bedroom apartment, which means that no house guests ever again, oh, unless you want to sleep on the booth. It's so true. Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. I was talking to George from the Morning Bull this morning, and he's got friends coming in from out of town for the rodeo this weekend, like from, from yeah. Louisville, from where he's from. Like a couple of couples are coming in town, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Are they staying at a hotel? Are they staying at your place? He's like, one of them's staying at our place. He lives in an apartment like I do, just a different building, like two streets yeah. over. They're, and I'm staying said, in his, his deluxe apartment in the sky. In the sky. And yeah. I said, you know what, George? I don't know these people, but that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough, too. too. You know, it's nice. I like, I've lived in high rise apartments before, and I really love some parts of it. But it is true. Like, if you have a house guest, it's like, man, they're there. You're they're right there. Everything. You're all, you're, they're there. There's nowhere and you're to hide. there. And you want to have a coffee in the morning just with some peace and quiet. Yeah. And all of a yeah. sudden you're sitting out on the you're sitting out on the porch in forty mile an hour winds because you, <laughs> you just want to be alone. I just want to be shirtless with a cup of coffee. <laughs> Sean, do you want to come inside? No, I want to be shirtless. 
Um, hey, do we have time for a quick story about one of my favorite experiences at Carabas? Uh, yeah, I think we do. I, we were going to talk about Nick Casario and Nico Collins. You want to forward that to? The, you want to push that to the top of the hour? No, no, no. Let's talk about that. I'll get to my Carabas story. Okay. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite all-time Houston experiences, and it happened the first year I was ever in Houston and was uh, eating at Carabas. All right, let's do Nico Collins here. Here was Nick. We know that Nick Casario brought up Nico's name proactively at his press conference on Wednesday, saying, you guys are probably going to ask me about Nico when it comes to these contracts and everything. So I think there's some smoke there. Here was Nico Collins on his mindset in looking at a contract extension with the team. Man, to be honest, I haven't really even talked to my agent about it. I mean, I kind of know um, that like it's my end of my third. You know what I'm saying? I'm up for you know, a free agency. But in my head, man, I'm like, I'm locked in to where I, I feel like I, I need another year to prove to everybody what I can do, you know, because I miss, I feel like, really, the first two years I had was due to injuries. I feel like that wasn't my best me, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like after this year, kind of like, all right, just show them a little bit, boom. And I feel like this year, it's, I feel like it's going to be a little better year, man, just, just mentally, uh, physically. Uh, I know what to expect. Uh, I'm learning, getting better, just growing throughout the throughout the year. Um, just all right, so that's Nico. Um, I yeah. my my gut feel in hearing that, and again, uh, with the warning label that everything is posturing and even out and out lying this time of year. If I'm going to take that at face value, um, is that Nico? I'm he maybe he's expecting a lowball offer from the Texans on an extension. He sounds like somebody who's ready to play this thing out if he has to in year four and go ball out next year and get really really paid. I think, you know, he was eighth in receiving yards this year, missing two games. And I, I love, I love that. I don't, I don't think it was he, he wasn't even really framing it in terms of money or anything. Um, he said nothing about there. money there. He just wants to go ball he's, out next he's year. He's just talking about, I think, kind of like he sees it, like he sees that it's within reach, that he could be one of those very top guys. He had, so he had 1,297 yards receiving this year. So, like, if he'd had, 150 more yards receiving, you know, that would have put him right up into fourth or fifth or so in the, in, in the league and receiving. Like, so if, if in those two extra games, he had gotten one nice game, one average game, whatever. He was seventh um, in yards per game. Seventh yeah, in the seventh league in, in yards, yards per, per game. game. Okay, yep. that's probably the better one there. So I'm eighth in overall yardage. Yep. So, and, and not to mention, like, man, the complimentary effect of him and Tank Dell together. Oof. Um, I, I, you know, phew, gosh, I get, yeah, if I'm Nico, I, I don't know if that makes me hold on and wait. Um, it makes me feel better if I were Nick Casario and like, all right, look, I, I think Nico's a guy that's going to be motivated with or without the contract. Yes. And like, he's, he wants to be that guy. He wants to get up in there into the, the Amon Ross St. Brown type territory. Um, if if you can wave a huge wad of cash at him right now, you there's a good chance you can get him for a lot less than he'd make on the open market next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this is where this is the sweet spot, and I know, and, and there's a lot of good, you know, there's good arguments against it. He he was banged up his first two years, right? On the performance side of things, this is the normal arc. If he had no good quarterback, then all of a sudden he has a good quarterback and a good coordinator. Like I'm okay with the arc of it. I'm mm-hmm. not like, oh, wait a second. All these now, all of a sudden he's, he's getting close to his contract. He's good now. It was about injuries, um, but it's just the the guy, a guy who wasn't a first round pick and hasn't had that truly, you know, incredibly gigantic payday yet. You put that much guaranteed money in front of him. 
even if it's you know a huge discount from what he's probably going to make next year. You got it. It's hard as a player. Like you might be Saying thinking, no. like, yeah, well, look, man, but I, there's so much more available to me next year. But you're a guy that's been injured twice before already. Um, it's money that immediately right there gives you financial security for the rest of your life. You and your family. And you yeah. can do a whole lot of other things. Like it, it, it comes down to the individual player. Like, all right, do you, is this, is this something that is that important that I be the, one of the highest paid guys? Or do I recognize that, man, this is a boatload more money than even, even I as a, 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 a junior in high school would ever thought of because the salaries keep escalating. Yep. And do you take it now? Take it now, Nico. Is what I I'm hope he takes you. it now. Take I, it want now. Him to, I want him to be here. Okay. This, this is the problem. This yeah. is the problem, Sean. Yeah. The agents, this is, this is what happens with agents. Agents, uh, they get their commission. Yeah. And I don't, they, they don't even necessarily do this consciously, but they might have 20 clients. And in the agent's mind, well, like injuries that affect your contract are relatively rare. Yeah. Don't worry about that. And they can say that to all 20 clients. And nine, for 19 of them, it'll work out, and the agent will make that much more money the yeah. next year when they hold on, hold on. Yep. But for the one guy, the one of his clients that blows his knee out sucks and then him. ends up never making another huge contract yep. again, sucks for that dude. Sucks for that guy. So you gotta, you got to think about who you're getting the advice from. You know who it sucks for? Me. Apparently, according to somebody on the text page, i got to go check, the booth is up to $70,000 now. Seventy thousand. I, I, I got a confession. I did that once. I, once we had the idea to go put it. At you Carabas, started bidding it up. You bid. You. you I do it. Yeah. You I went already from five lost. grand to seventy grand just to freeze me out. I, I did. I uh, and I, I. I went to GoDaddy during the break and locked down the URL as well. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my podcast what's, now, Sean. What's your Carabas? I. I got the sanitation <laughs> contracts too. These are my Santa. These, These are my routes now. They're all in the air, you know. It's what's your uh, what was your Carabas story? I'm intrigued. Oh, okay. So Brandy and I, like, I used to like to go eat early, like old people or something, you know, uh, just before the crowds. Amy get there and, and I everything. too. Yeah, yeah. But especially back when I was a player, my knees always, you know, when I was playing, my knees were sore all the mm -hmm. time. So I just didn't want it. But uh, we liked going out to eat. So we were, we actually went super early one day in the off season. We were at Carabas at like 4:30 in the afternoon or something, you know. And so the, the, you know, when the dining room's kind of empty and you can hear what people are saying, there's this, this well-dressed older gentleman, maybe I say older, probably like my age now, but, but at the time, older than older, you at the time, yeah. probably like 55 or so. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of, he was kind of talking and we couldn't really tell if he was having a phone conversation or not. And I, and like, I'm looking, he doesn't have a Bluetooth uh, in, in the one piece. So I get up to go to the bathroom and I, and I look at the other side of his head and he doesn't have a Bluetooth on that side either. So he's, he's having a full bore imaginary conversation. Jeez. And it was kind of like relatively benign stuff, just like, you know, asking about how his imaginary friend's day was and everything. And, uh, right about when Brandy and I had gotten our, our soup and salad, it turned to, it kind of pierced through my, my, my consciousness. He said, you've got a nice ass. Why don't you take your pants off? <laughs> and I, looked, and I looked over. And, uh, and then I'm like, is he talking to my wife? And he wasn't. He was talking to his imaginary friend. Oh, my God. And then I was trying to figure out, like, all right, is this, like, is this imaginary friend like, a, like is somebody that he's been with before or not? Yeah. And I could tell that the imaginary friend was pissed. So because he kind of like, he started backpedaling. And at this point, I'm kind of like, 
God, I hope this imaginary friend's going to be okay. Cause I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like normally try to intervene and stuff like this. But you know, you just let, let people be people. But like, yes, this might be a domestic violence That's type of wild. situation. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And then, so basically after he backpedaled a little bit, it resumed into more, uh, congenial conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a good heat check by that guy though on the imaginary friend. You never know. He might say yes. The imaginary friend, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know we were kind of. Like, he had we to shoot a like, shot with the imaginary do we, friend. Yeah. Do we want the imaginary friend to take the pants off or not? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Uh, all right, Payne and Pendergast, and that's why he was eating at four thirty in the that's, afternoon. <laughs> I gotta check and see if this seventy k is accurate on this Sopranos booth. All right, combine stuff. Uh, a former CJ Stroud teammate reminding us why we love having CJ Stroud as a Texan and. Should you give out your flat earth theories if you are an NFL (laughs) prospect? That is next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 